We're so good. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Hi, Hello. Jen. Hello. I'm so excited to be talking to you and not thinking about other bullshit. <laughs> this is a great distraction, isn't it? I know. It's so good. Uh, it was so good. I just wish that I could actually see you. Um, oh, I'll send you butt pictures later. Fabulous. You guys, hello from our home <laughs> to your homes. It's uh it's a it's a very special many episodes to come are going to be very special. Yeah. <laughs> of, yeah, that's of true. Just here all the fucks. So for anybody who is already feeling like squishy and raw, here we are into more squishy rawness. Um, and you guys all know what we're talking about. And I hope you have enough toilet paper wherever you are. Hope you have toilet paper. Pro tip, there's no bleach products left in the stores. But I'll tell you what there is. There is tub and tile spray. And that shit kills 99.99% of viruses uh, and bacteria. That's so good. I wonder so if it's going to take off 99.9% of the finish on the island <laughs> in my kitchen when I... Hose everything down. Oh, shit. oh my god! Oh no. no! It'll be worth it. It's fine. I have varnish. It's fine. <laughs> I, I need was, a home project right now. <laughs> I was so desperate. I was actually looking at Murphy's oil soap, and I was like, "Is it?" Oh no, that's not going to help. <laughs> that's not going to help. No, no. Nope. I'm 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 Lillian Bessel. I am Jen Ponton, and uh, we don't have great home improvement advice. We don't, but... and we may or may not have the coronavirus. But who knows? We sure as fuck are not spreading it to others because we are staying home. We are. We are inside. I, uh, in the state I of have... emergency, in the great state yes. of New Jersey. Uh, oh yeah. We have a curfew yeah. at eight o'clock right now. Mm-hmm. Um, shit's getting very real. I ordered a delicious pizza last night, though, from from Ooh. Gino's. And oh, you did. Was it so worth it? it? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And the guy uh, was like super happy to see us. He must be getting tipped like crazy. Tip mm. tip all your delivery people. Obviously, you know that. But That's like, the big rule because it probably mm-hmm. won't happen for very long. No. Like, like, I guess I kind of get it. I'm sure it mitigates a little bit of risk. But still, one person who was in contact with several people is going to a new place where they are going to be in contact with other people. And it just feels like, uh... No, that's fair. I don't know that we need to do it again. <laughs> right? And I don't know how long it's going to be a- allowed. Yes. Who and knows? I do usually make out with the delivery people, but I didn't this time. <laughs> Good for you. I'm trying. I'm See, this part. is life under quarantine. <laughs> you, you, you took a knee. You took a knee to the virus. Good on you. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh my god! Uh, so, so we uh, we want to talk about illnesses and maladies. We do, um, and uh, a little bit later on, we recorded a pre-recorded. Well, everything's pre-recorded because it's recorded, but <laughs> we recorded, uh, an interview with our friend Lauren Milberger. So stick around for that. Um, but yeah, you know, if it weren't pre-recorded, we would just be radio. Oh, what's that? Bear, bear, bear. <laughs> We would be the cutest morning drive time DJs. I stand dude, by it. Dude, absolutely. Like, if I could have a job that wasn't what I already do, would I be some Yafo 
you know, like yuts in the morning who just press yes. like step quack sounds. Yeah, uh-huh. I sure would. <laughs> I don't think you would because that's only the guys who get to do that. The women have to stand around <sighs> and pretend like they don't like it. Yeah, that's right. You it's know, our I'm job right. to be the, it's our job to be the cold, what's the word, frigid spinsters yeah. who don't want, who don't want the men to have any fun. Oh, uh, that's dumb. Dude. I want to be the Stop one making the fart sounds. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Suck on my dick. To quote <laughs> So we were going to talk about illnesses, but instead we're just going to see how many times we can use euphemisms for penises. <laughs> Which, by the way, and we should post this sometime, I found one, and I'm sure I can find it again, the most marvelous list of euphemisms for the vulva and vagina, because you never, ever hear them. Like, people, because we don't talk about, we barely say vagina. Um, But my favorite was um, Fluffy Sausage Wallet. That's the best one. Wow, Um, wow, wow. In a in a in a bunch of euphemisms about like peeing instead of like draining the snake or whatever, <laughs> um, it was <laughs> lifting the flaps for a water landing. <laughs> I love that. Yes, please. Isn't that we marvelous? need to share this with our friends. Yeah, I've we'll never seen that... it. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get you that good vulva content. That's right. Give me that good vulva content. Um, that sounds like a it sounds like a Monty Python song. <laughs> right? Oh, I mean, it could be. It's it just could waiting. be. It could be. But it is too creative, and I have a I have a strong feeling it was it was put together by somebody who, uh, who is the proud over owner of a vagina. Oh, I bet. I'd be willing to bet. Hooray! So, uh, you know, lots of people sick right now. Gonna be sick. Lots of bad things gonna happen. But let's. Let's be positive and let's talk about when they used to happen. <laughs> Again, tragedy plus timing. Bam! This Equals, pandemic is hilarious. Just, I almost just shot spicy chocolate beer out my out my nose. Oh, I wish I were day drinking with you. Or at oh. least present while you're day drinking. <laughs> well, to all you folks out there, you can you can day drink with us. At your leisure. Mm. Oh, we should, and they we are. come up with a drinking game for us. Oh, well, my best friend, um, hi, Babster. My best friend's drinking game is uh, to drink as soon as I say something ridiculous about her. So there have been oh. some episodes <laughs> that absolutely just laid her flat. Oh, man. God bless. God bless. Yeah, right. Um, oh, so Maladies. Uh, maladies. I think to, to like... To roll into it gently, one of my favorite characters from fiction ever was Colin from The Secret Garden. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, oh, my God. Right? So, like. I loved him, and I loved Dickens so much. <laughs> Dickens. And I was fascinated by the fact that someone could just be sick, like, and that was their personality. <laughs> Right, right. And that was all that. I, and, and I think Colin had polio in it, something that is currently dormant uh, because vaccines are great. Um, uh, but like, you know, in this Victorian tale, Colin rolled around in a wheelchair and he was like sickly green white. And and his whole personality was based upon the fact that he was like deathly ill, but 
miraculously living. Um, and I was just yeah, like, wow, what a way to get attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I mean, people, I think that the, I, what I got out of it was that nobody ever treated him like anything but like a, a breakable valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he kind of leaned into it. That he was like, well, if this is this, then I may, may as, as well at least get attention for it because right. <laughs> what else do I have? And that's some Munchausen shit, right? Like, uh, I can't think I can't think of the example that's hitting the back of my brain right now. But like um, parents who fret over children so much mm, that the child mm-hmm. like then leans into it. Yep. Right down to the parenting tact of, uh, of like, you know, a, a toddler falls down and then the parent doesn't say like, oh, baby. Yep. You know, and like you let the You're child fine. make the call. And if the child is yeah. screaming anyway, obviously, you know, something happened. But if the child is looking to you to gauge whether that was a scary thing or not, um, yeah, I got – that's like a sort of a Munchausen – like Munchausen's light. <laughs> Have you have you seen Mommy Dead and Dearest? No, but I know the story. I have to watch. I have. Let me tell you. Let me preface this by saying I have to watch all of Mommy Dead and Dearest. I have to watch all of the act, which you're also familiar with, right? Because that's the show based on the same case. Um, And I know of the story because of my favorite murder, uh, and I loved that episode. Oh yeah, so I'm really excited, girl. Like, I got to tell you, I mean, I would argue if I had been the judge, I would have let her go. I would have been like, um, I mean, I'm, you shouldn't have killed her, but I guess you did. So I forgot <laughs> that she was actually prosecuted for it. Was she put in jail? Yeah. I think she's still in jail. Ah, uh, no. Come on. Who could blame her? <laughs> well, so <laughs> exactly. So um, <laughs> to kick it off, I we never went to doctors. Like, we never went. To doctors and we were sick all the time lots of respiratory issues um, because I lived in a hoarded house so there was like you know stuff rotting around me oh my god um and so and anytime it was winter and then then we didn't have heat so then I was just like sick all winter and it's just how it was um and I would take Benadryl at school and not realizing that it had a huge like drowsy effect <gasps> and then I would fall asleep for like most of school <laughs> Because I was just trying to breathe. Oh, baby. <laughs> I know. And Benadryl's not what you should be taking anyway. It should be like antihistamines and stuff. Oh, wait. Antihistamines is a bed. It should be cold cold medicine and not allergy stuff. Regardless, it didn't matter. I was basically drugging myself. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. You bad. were Munchausen's yourself. <laughs> <laughs> there I was, was no proxy. By the, best, the best I knew how. Oh, my God. Did you say cropsy? Uh, no, I said there was no by proxy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Auto Munchausening. <laughs> oh my god! So wait, so um, similarly, because I mean, because she obviously knew she just didn't have the wherewithal in any in any way. Did your mom like downplay anything? Did she did she try to convince you that you were okay or that nothing was oh, really yeah. going on? Like how'd she oh, cope always. with it? Like okay, so this is not about respiratory stuff, but when I was like maybe 
maybe a year out of high school into college, um, I was having really bad periods, like 10 day monster periods, like not all the tampons in the world, like, like the doors open in the shining and I, um, and it was crampy and it was interfering with my work and it was really bad. Um, and I said, Hey, like, can you take me to a gynecologist? Cause at this point, if I was a year out, I was either 18 or 19. So I, and we didn't have insurance. We still didn't have insurance. So I would have needed her to pay for a gyno visit. Um, and she was like, all they can do for a heavy period. Do you, do you know what a DNC is? <gasps> and I was like, no. And she was like, that's all they do. They just scrape it out. Like after you had an abortion. And I was like, Oh, oh, oh Marcia, I don't no. want that. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just kept bleeding for a really long time. Dude, that's some Carrie's mom shit, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Like, I can't wait to watch that movie with you and just oh my God. make little tick marks for the, for the parallels <laughs> when you can point oh. at the screen and be like, yep, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and that, <laughs> except there was Oof. no closet to send me into because- the closet was full because there was too much shit in front of the closet. <laughs> there yeah, was exactly. Too much shit in front of the closet, right? Oh my god. Uh. Yeah. So it was an inconvenience to her. Right. Um, if if ever I was sick, like I thought I had mono. Um, there was a oh, there was a period of time where like um, spinal meningitis was like going around, <laughs> um, and. Uh, she, I don't remember what she said to me, but she was like, you don't have it. And I was like, well, no, I don't think I do. But like, and she was like, you don't have it. You're not going to get it. You're going to be fine. And I, <laughs> oh. I, I was like, I'm worried about this and a little scared. Nope. How did, I mean, and, and was she obviously mentally unwell for sure, but was she yes. physically unwell for most of your upbringing? Was she fine? Oh, um, well, it's hard to say because her depression made her seem so lethargic and so down. Yeah. And her smoking made her cough all the time. So Yeah, right. It's hard. It's really hard to say. Um, when she was active, so she was a really fast walker. I can tell you that. Um, she <laughs> that was well, not she what I expected. A tour guide. She used to be a tour guide at Rockefeller Center. Um, and she had, like, no matter how much weight she carried around her tummy, she always had very slender muscular legs. Um, very dainty wrists and ankles. And she was a super fast walker um, up until when she got pneumonia and then could barely walk after that. So she was always like trucking ahead of everybody, um, um, like in the mall, even <laughs> at the airport. Look out, man, you would get left behind. But she um, uh, got sick like the rest of us. And we didn't have t- tissues for some reason. So everybody just like blew their nose repeatedly on a single paper towel until it was destroyed. Dude. <laughs> Not damn. the same paper towel. I didn't have to share a paper towel with my mom. No. Just to clarify. <laughs> God, that would be awful. I got, I got my, my own paper towel to blow my nose on. And then, and then, you know, we didn't have running water for a while, so it wasn't like a whole lot of hand washing was happening. Right. Yeah. No, of course. Of course not. Um, admittedly, I was not an ardent hand washer. Um, uh, like, I, I've never been a germaphobe. 
I really haven't. I was not raised to be one at all. And so like something fell on the floor, five second rule, dude, 10 second sure. rule. And my parents were so laissez-faire about, uh, about germs. They really, they, they downplayed being sick and they were like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Although, uh, I was never like denied care when something was actually wrong, but it absolutely gave okay. me a skewed, a skewed vision of when I should go to the doctor and when I shouldn't. Sure. Um, but as a non-germaphobe, I was like, I feel like the let your kids play in the dirt because it'll increase their immunity was a, was an argument being made constantly during my upbringing. Uh-huh. And so I, so I thought, well, if I don't wash my hands, I'm just going to be more immune to things. <laughs> oh my God. Which is not you. to say that I walked around with filthy hands. It just meant that I was not washing my hands all of the time at all. And when I, uh, when I was first out of college, I started working for Jimboree. I love that. Jimboree playing music, which was the most Jen Ponton job of all time. Let me tell you that. And I on brand. Oh, it was so on brand. And I really did love it. I loved it. I loved it so much. It gave me vocal nodes. Uh, it was oh. it was too much work and it was really, really hard on my voice. But I had a blast and I just got to sing to babies all day. Like it was absolutely Aww. a perfect personality Aww. match. Um, what a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Back when I liked kids as much as they liked me. No, no, me. no. I'm so happy. You're talking about it with such joy, and I'm so thrilled for you, but I can't even imagine. Yeah. Ima- except for like except for like being trapped at the bottom of a ball crawl with children on top of me. Well, you know. Wondering when I was gonna put my elbow in some poop. It definitely helped that I was not the caregiver, right? It helped that I was the entertainer. So I was never responsible for a child. Every play and music class required that a parent or guardian be there. So we had nannies, we had family members, we had parents. And so I was never responsible for the kids. I'm responsible for leading this joyous class that includes like games and tummy time and songs and the parachute like I was spectacular at this job nobody I do love a parachute oh my god I was so good at the parachute nobody (laughs) was better at Jimboree than me let me tell you that um I what a nightmare I know right um and I and so (laughs) I was around how 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 young were the babies I want to say we had babies as young as four months and I worked with kids up to age four, but right. most of most of my clientele was like <laughs> was very much toddler age, like one and a half, two, and gotcha. um, I loved Jimboree, and I was so good at it, and I was sick all the oh, time because God, I taught I like I taught like four to five classes a day and in each class it's like 20 different kids 20 20 different tiny kids tiny germ bags and tiny uh, germ bags they were they were so cute oh my god i they it was really cute i had a lot of appreciation for it when i was doing it but um 
I was basically in in contact with like 60 to 80 children per day. And I was constantly under the weather, constantly. And I had coughs that turned to bronchitis. And I like, I was just kind of always running a low grade fever. And I remember talking to my boss who had been uh, doing Gymboree forever. And I was like, I don't, like, why am I getting so sick? And she's like, are you washing your hands all the time? And I was like, uh, yes. And then I started (laughs) washing my hands all the time. And then I stopped getting sick constantly. Um, And I feel like that change happened around the time of Gymboree. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, now I see that that old, like, hang around in the dirt and all the germs and then you'll never get sick was not quite true although maybe there's just that many strains of the of the of a cold that like right yeah i was then immune to like 50 new strains but then there are still 70 gabillion that are out there and in all those little runny noses and wiggly bodies and grubby little hands yeah grubby (laughs) um grubby yeah, so I and when, was uh, – And then when – No, go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. Well, then when kids get sick, then it's like that age before they can like have their own paper towel to right. <laughs> them like a fucking grown-up. Uh, it's just and everywhere. When it's just that like like yellow crust around the nostril. Oh, God. It's like one nose, <laughs> one nostril that's just always dripping and it's just red and it's like dripping down and they're like – they're kind of sucking at it when it gets to their lip. <laughs> God damn, get a grip on yourself, child. <laughs> Blow your fucking nose. Keep it together, Maggie. <laughs> uh, don't you know this is a workplace? <laughs> right. People are trying to get shit done. Oh my God. I'm glad I experienced it while I did. It was like it was like my true last hurrah when it came to uh to a life uh that was spent around children in, in, in most cases and had been since I was like 13. And then after Jimbury, after my vocal notes, I was like, well, we're done here. And then I never saw a Ugh. child again. And I was like, Oh, this is fine. God, that's so scary. Um, have you been, uh, scoped as an adult for nodes and stuff like that? Uh, well, I mean, I was a young adult, so it was, um, how old was I? I was like 23. Okay, that counts. Yeah, I was 23. And what was happening was, I mean, the the biggest problem was that Gymboree was my full-time job and then some. Like if I had done it uh part-time, it would have been, it would have been different. But I was doing like five classes a day, six days a week. And on the seventh day, I was doing birthday parties. Oh. Right? And so it was a lot. And I was just out of college. So, like, I'm auditioning at night and I'm like going out for like non paid community stuff. And I was still kind of focused on musical theater and I was still seeing my vocal coach. And as I'm meeting with her, uh, you know, like my voice is going away and away and away. And she was, she was like, listen, I feel like I have to tell you this you're going to ultimately need to choose between this job and singing because oh yeah if you continue this way you're going to actually get nodes and right now you are pre-nodal and i was ah. like oh my god that's those are the two words you never want to hear no 
And I was like, oh shit. And I was like, I really like Jimboree. And she's like, you do. And it's your choice to make, but you're also 23 years old. Like if you shoot yourself in the foot like this, that means it's a door that's never going to open the same way again. Right. And I was like, oh fuck. So I quit Jimboree very soon after. In fact, I went, I went to an otolaryngologist and they scoped me and it was Awful. Oh my God. The way it hurts oh. going down your nose. Uh, uh, y'all, I, it's off. Oh. It's the worst. I hope you never so, have to go through this. No. Um, I've never had it go down my nose. I have been scoped a couple of times because when I was working at Jekyll and Hyde, which is something that Lauren and I will touch on later on in this episode when we get to her interview, uh, I lost my voice multiple times mm-hmm. and a bunch of us were all going to the same ENT over on like East 14th street NYU area. Mm. Um, and they, when I came in, they were like, what the hell is going on at this place? You guys all have to quit. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's really bad. And all of you have the same issues. Um, right. And then later. So, so for those who haven't, how I got scoped, was they numbed my throat and then they stuck it down my throat. And I don't have a crazy gag reflux, but there's something about the numbing spray that makes me feel like I can't breathe. And it makes me feel slightly like I'm drowning. And I'm very, uh, not much of a gag reflux, but that that numbing spray, um, I'm very susceptible to um, Novocaine to uh, when I get drops in my eyes to get dilated. All of that stuff for me lasts way longer than it does for most people. And I can't tell you why. I'm 250 pounds. Like that stuff shouldn't be affecting me more. Um, Maybe it's how quickly the- you burn it up, right? Like a metabolic thing. I, I uh, med- Medications also hit me real hard. Oh, so it hits fast. I wonder really? if that's it. Yeah, like your body just doesn't burn it quickly. It doesn't burn through it. Possibly. Right. Yeah. That's my um, super science opinion. Cool. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Gupta. Uh, But it would last for almost an hour longer than it was supposed to. Uh, So I would spend the rest, I would spend the whole ride home, like trying desperately to breathe, reminding myself that I could breathe. Oh my God, you poor thing. Yeah. Not cute. I didn't have to have it done that way. Um, might be as unpleasant, might be a little north or south of it, but what they had to do with your sinuses was like give you something that would help your sinus cavity dilate and relax. And then they give you that bullshit like, this is going to be fine. (laughs) And so they stick a teeny weeny scope, uh, almost like the size of a pipe cleaner through your nostril to drape down your throat. And let me tell you, the feeling in my sinus cavity was so, I mean, it was painful, but the discomfort, the absolute discomfort, it was atrocious. So uh, (laughs) we just took a tiny little break because... Um, someone who I know just texted four of us who last time we were all together was on Thursday night. Um, and she was like, hey, heads up, guys. Um, I'm okay, I think, but I definitely was exposed to the coronavirus. No, no, so, no, no, no. So look out. Oh, my God. And then the reason why I wound up getting off the phone is because one of the other people in the text chain <laughs> was calling me so that we could talk about it. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, oh no. This is the new normal. Oh, God. I hate it. I hate it. 
Yeah, this is the new normal. It is. And like, um, not for nothing. I think the scariest thing that I saw, obviously, this is going to kill a lot of people. It's going to harm a lot of people. And one thing that I read was also people be, you know, how everyone's like, uh, if you're under 60, you're going to be fine. Well, A, we don't have enough science to back that up. But B, no. we also don't know if this is going to be lead to chronic stuff like right. people who have mesothelioma right you know like there's no telling what this means after the acute illness also also uh and i heard this on um uh, i think i heard this on the daily it was about a chinese reporter um or an american reporter who was chinese and was in china i don't know uh-huh. which. um who had chosen to stay behind when they everything got uh, quarantined and he was doing interviews with people. And one of the interviews with this woman was, she was like, they keep saying that, it, you know, it, it might, you know, if it's not going to kill you, it's just going to be a mild case. Like if it doesn't progress to the point where you need a respirator, then it's mild. And she was like, I've been coughing nonstop for six days. I haven't slept. That's Ugh. not mild. That's not mild. And even if it was what I also read, what's apparently part of the Hippocratic Oath is like you have to prioritize a life that can be saved or a life that is more likely to be saved. So the whole concern over – whole concern – the whole absolute impending crisis over hospital beds is not Mm -hmm. even so much that like we're going to have so many people in the hospital with coronavirus and how will we save them. It's that – it will likely be easier to save someone who has coronavirus than it would be to save people who were in serious car accidents or who had a stroke or a heart attack or who Uh, like go to the hospital for something that they anticipated the hospital could care for. Mm -hmm. Another great reason to stay inside. Another really great reason to stay inside because if something not coronavirus happens to you, you're probably going to be a lower priority. Uh, I hate at- it. Let's talk about let's <laughs> talk about bad periods and getting scoped again. So yeah, uh, would love to never get an endoscopy ever again. Nope, that's not it. Is it endoscopy? I don't know. Sure. One of them goes into your stomach, but the one that just looks at your vocal cords. Anyway, I got pictures yeah. back, and like you could see. Ah! You could see it was cool, but you could also see that it wasn't like polyps, but they looked swollen and bumpy. Oh, yeah. No, no. It looks terrible. It looks, it looks ter- terrible. You, you want to was- like reach inside your throat and just be like, they're there, baby. It's oh, okay. my God. Absolutely. So the great thing was I, I talked to the ENT and I was like, listen, this is what I do for a living currently. Um, and I, I, had, I had finagled my way into – having this thing that was listed as a part-time job be my absolute full-time and then some job. So nice. It was franchised. Uh, my, the, the owner of my franchise had a lot more independent power than she would have if it was corporate owned. And I was like, listen, I would love to teach Jimbery for you. I can only do that if you give me health insurance <laughs> because I was 20, mm-hmm. I was 22 and I didn't know shit. <laughs> and I, hey. and that level of absolute naivete and confidence that like, this is what the real world was. And y'all, this was before the 
market crash. I thought that kind of any real job was supposed to give you insurance. And I was like, well, I'm going to need health insurance. And also I'm going to need to work a lot of hours so that I can keep myself in my hovel. And basic, and it was like I had waved a wand and she just believed what I said. And she was like, sure. And I'm like, oh, ah, great. So she let me then do office hours after I was teaching Oh my God, that's amazing. It was, I mean, it was ridiculous. When we think about the kind of privilege that's involved in just presuming that those kinds of things are available to you, it's massive. The caucasity of it all, I'm 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 aware of it. <laughs> so like, so like, yeah. So I I talked this woman into letting me teach all day and making really good teaching money all day. And then going into the office after hours and working for like two hours doing administrative work um, and giving me health insurance after like a month and a half. Um, That's amazing. It was amazing. Never would I ever at this point in my life um, approach something with that level of expectation. Like it it was really – it was it was growing up with two parents who had who had jobs that had pensions and retirements and health insurance and benefits and like you oh, know the kind of question. thing yeah do you think well who knows anything <laughs> but like so many people lost their jobs last week i wonder if this is going to push everything finally over into universal healthcare or if we're never going to be able to afford anything like that ever again <laughs> I mean, I certainly hope that it does. And then I I, I think we're all, so many of us are going to be at the point where like, sure, shit's fine right now. What happens if there's no internet? What happens when no one can pay their phone bill anymore? What happens when we can't keep the lights on? There's like a small, hopeful part of me that's like, maybe all of these major utility conglomerates who basically keep life afloat for us will just... Let it post. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the government will postpone tax season because we're in the middle of an emergency. Oh, that, maybe- that's already happened. Oh, for sure? Oh, that's um, good. So you have to – you're supposed to file for a 90-day um, relief period. But <laughs> LOL. They said if, if you – right, right. But it, you're still <laughs> supposed to, f- to contact them if you think that you're going to owe. And they're encouraging everyone to file still like because if you – um, don't owe money. You're going to get money back. Uh-huh. Probably. Um, but yeah, I just heard that on the news today. That And apparently maybe they'll be sending us all a check for $1,000 in three weeks. But haha. Interesting. Cool. I'll believe that when I see it. Well, right. Right. So like I do have my hopes because I just don't see how otherwise anything but absolute chaos is possible. But then I remember that people are trash. So I see no, I mean, the only incentive would be to do the, would do the highest good of humanity in the world. And uh, corporations don't have a great track record of that. So. No, um, Um, I will say that by whenever you release this, even if it's later on today, there's going to be more, more terrible things and more good things. Yeah. You guys were recording this today on St. Patrick's Day. And hey, you know what I'm grateful for today? That it's not St. Patrick's Day in New York. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That Super is what happy I am. that there's no parade. Oh, my God. And that it's not St. Patrick's Day in Hoboken. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, <laughs> the only thing worse than St. Patrick's Day in New York. <laughs> the worst. I used Jesus to live Christ. there, dude. I used right? to live in Hoboken. Once oh. upon a time. Happy St. Patrick's Day, y'all. Um, again, uh, if you stay tuned to after this segment, we have an interview that we did last night with our dear friend Lauren Milberger. Um, a lovely podcast host of FYI, the Murphy Brown podcast. If you love Murphy Brown, you're going to love geeking out with her. Oh, yeah, um, I love it. And the Ford cast, which is a podcast all about Harrison Ford. Mm. <laughs> She's real good at fandoms. We are not, but Lauren is excellent at fandoms. <laughs> so in the meantime, uh, you know. We're all counting our blessings and washing our hands. Remain indoors. Um, somebody earlier today, uh, I contacted my my hairdresser to see if he was going to do house calls during this wintry time. Um, <laughs> and he was like, actually, I kind of got bad allergies right now. I'll talk to you in a week. And, and then he signed off with blessed tits. And I don't know if that's what he meant, but that's all I want to say to people now. Blessed and a tits. blessed tit to you. And also with you. Tits be with you. Howdy, howdy, howdy from the end of the world. <laughs> oh, hello. We knew we'd see it one day. <laughs> Just for now. I'm Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bustle. And today we've also got our special guest, Lauren Milberger. Hi. Yay. Hello, Lauren. And together we are all giving all the fucks. This oh. is a podcast about uh, being one giant, uh, pulsating, empathetic, tender heart that desperately needs more uh, armor in this world. And it feels yes, particularly prescient this week, yeah, doesn't it? it does. Yeah. Have you ever seen a turtle without its shell? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Or like a hermit crab that's like crawling from one shell to the other and you're like, I know you got that big claw, but something could go wrong at any moment. Any moment. And it will. And it did. It did. I, it did. I feel more like I feel more like Chicken Little lately. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. <laughs> totally. But you know, I really got to go out to this club. You know what, though? The um, sky never hits the people that it should hit when it falls. <laughs> hey. For real. For real. So, dear listeners, uh, this is a little bit of a break in uh, in structure, as you can tell, uh, as we are all currently being quarantined. Uh, we thought it might be fun to have some actual quarantine content. So we are all recording <laughs> remotely from our uh, respective homes, and uh, I'm going to try and have this churned out in in synchronized horror with what we're already going through. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> we are like absolutely social distancing and yet producing content. It's it's what the CDC is asking us to do. That's right. Oh, That's yes. right. Speaking particularly to influencers, <laughs> podcasters, and online gurus. <laughs> <laughs> So, Lauren, uh, you're in Brooklyn, right? I am. I am in Brooklyn. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty quiet. Do you want to tell our fine listeners how you and I met? Oh, yes. I would love to. 
So uh, Lillian and I met uh, working at a theme restaurant. Should I should I say the name of the theme restaurant? <laughs> like, how much information do you want me to give out? Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's called Jekyll and Hyde's. I don't care. Right, Jekyll and Hyde, the Jekyll and Hyde Club, I should say, to be official. Uh, we were yes. both scullery maids, and it was our job to go. No, I was not. You were not. I thought you I were. I was not a scullery oh my God, maid my brain. because they could never. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of your no, audition. That's okay, Lauren. They... I'm thinking of your audition because I was so impressed with you, and you were doing. Oh my God! Do you remember my audition for that? It's the first time I <laughs> I saw shit. you. I'm all ears. <laughs> I just remember. Tell me, there's nothing I like more than people talking about me than me than people telling me how funny I was one time. So please, of course, tell me. we're all ac- <laughs> we're all actors. Like, can we bottle that feeling? I like that Same. one. <laughs> uh, I just remember that you had a really good accent. And I remembered you, oh. you were one of the, like, there were very, I don't know who was there. It was a long time ago. I'm not, I don't want to diss any other performers, but you stood out to me, I remember. And so that when you, we both got the job together, I remember wanting to meet you because I was like, oh, I remember her audition. She was really good. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I was, uh, I was never a maid because, um, when uh, when our supervisor brought me a maid costume, he was like, oh, I found one that's going to fit you. And I was like, why do you think it's going to fit me? And he was like, it's the biggest one we have. And I was like, that's not the answer. Oh. Um, also, by the way, I was much I was much smaller than I am now, much smaller. Um, and he handed it to me, and I looked at it, and I was like, this is not going to fit. And he was like, yeah, it will. And I was like, listen, because he was not a small potato himself. And I was like, I will put this on so you can see, but I know that it's not going to fit. I never got a costume, so I was never a maid. I was always Theodora Brain, the club oh, librarian. Yes, I remember. I would, I would go talk. Yes. About, I would go talk about spooky stories to people. I also always remember. Um, oh, what, I would like to protest that you have withheld this information from me. I didn't. You didn't. You didn't know about my time at Jekyll and Hyde. No, oh we have never. Discussed. Oh my God! How did that uh, not come up? Right? How we got our equity card. I, I think because it's just one of many theme jobs that oh, she's and, had. You know, uh, Lily, sure. we, we should also preface to you, Jen, that we were not servers because everyone always assumed that we were servers. We were the entertainment. So uh, it is a theme restaurant, the one that we worked at, which I believe is not there anymore, had several floors with bars and mm-hmm. food and things like that. And they would hire actors uh, with improv experience to walk around as sort of characters from uh, adjacent or from the, the book Jekyll and Hyde. So you had your, Ma- was it Mary Kelly, I guess is her name? Um, you had your, your maids, you had your sort of doctors and mysterious people. It was supposed to be kind of a Halloween-esque, you know, 24-7 kind of a place. Yeah, like a haunted restaurant yeah. slash explorers club. Uh, yeah. And then there were the, all these animatronic things on the walls that would come to life, which we were responsible for doing the voices of all that of them. That was fun. So at certain times during the day, so there was this elevator that would go up and down. And on the top of the elevator was Fang the Gargoyle. And he talked a little bit. Mm. I think he was supposed to sound like Peter Laurie, but I think I made him sound more <laughs> like uh, the, the, the insult comic dog. <laughs> So Lauren and I worked in very close quarters. Uh, We almost lost our voice together multiple times. Um, We had terrible back problems. But then one day, oh, by the way, did we introduce this podcast at all? Yeah, we did at the beginning, right? 
like eventually, <laughs> yes. eventually we were going to talk, like the theme for today was going to be illnesses, but I think it could go illnesses and injuries, right? Yeah, probably. Yes. I, I would think that that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Lauren, this, this like bleeds right, <laughs> bleeds right into what you were going to talk about. So Lauren was busy being a character in a little mini show, minding her own damn business. Um, we, uh, do you want to tell them about the show? Uh, the show oh. was just like a Frankenstein show. Uh, it, one person would play the doctor, usually had to be a man, which was awful. Uh, and then a woman mm-hmm. would have to play this sort of like, I don't know, some woman in a hood who was like, ah, what are you I doing? I think she was a widow. A widow. See, I don't remember any of this. And you have to come to... Because she had the veil over come, her face. Yeah, and, you, and so they do that. My understanding was they would do that because you wouldn't be confused for your other character. And then you would come down these sort mm-hmm. of rickety sort of stairs. I knew a girl who apparently fell down them. Oh, very. Very, yeah, um, very OSHA non-compliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she had to go to the hospital when <laughs> she fell down them. Yeah, but so Lauren was walking around in this veil after or just before, right before. doing her little no, part no in the show. Vision. Right before. Yeah, no, you couldn't see. Normally you walked with a handler. Yeah. And somebody yanked on the back of your hair slash veil, yeah, right? Yeah, not knowing that it was stuck to my, some asshole, some asshole stuck to my head, which also under the veils is a microphone. So there was no way they were going to pull that off my head. And so they pulled my head back and I got whiplash. Oh, I didn't know I had whiplash. Oh, that's because, uh, you know, I, I, I was under the impression as a naive person that you got whiplash from falling off a ladder or being in a car accident. Uh, and when my neck was just like not was really it was like painfully hurting and it was around Christmas. So that by the time I realized it was bad, like I couldn't get an appointment, you know. Uh, and then by the time I went in, the, the doctor said, uh, well, you did have whiplash. I can tell that your your neck is spasming, but it's too late to put you in a neck brace. And then I found out later I should have been in a neck brace. Oh, fuck. Um, um, so, so anyway, yeah, so, um, it's actually ended up being a lifelong injury that I have, um, in my neck and I, I go to a chiropractor once a week to sort of, you know, to help the pain and, um, it's attributed to a lot of other issues, uh, like a tennis elbow from, you know, from repetitive motion because it all comes from my neck and a lot of annoying stuff like that. Uh, sure, and, sure. It's just, yeah, yeah and then, um, then they fired me for, uh, not showing up to work. Uh, and then uh, I can't prove it, but I currently have Crohn's and I will for the rest of my life, which is an autoimmune disease. Uh, and uh, a lot of things like that uh, have been known to be triggered by inflammation in the body. Uh, and my neck would be inflammation. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I can't prove this uh, at all, but it is a combination of genetics and uh, environment. Uh, but uh, my, my, oh, my cousin... Uh, also had some digestive issues and he uh, hurt his neck uh, skiing. So that made me sort of read more on it. I was like, oh, this can be a thing. Not all, not, oh, not always, totally, you know, not always. Totally. So I, you know, I can't say for sure that that was it. Uh, he did not have Crohn's. He had something else. And to talk a little bit about it in, in the general context too, um, Lillian and I essentially talk about being very stressed out children in traumatic circumstances. And those traumas and that stress leads to a ton, like that in and of itself is very similar to 
an immuno um, an immunocompromised situation because automatically you become much more susceptible to inflammation and to conditions that are exacerbated by it. Yeah, it totally makes sense that the both of you had traumas, both you know, both physically and emotionally. Um, in terms of like going through that is very traumatizing, <laughs> not just the acute injury on the body um, makes a makes a ton of sense that something uh, inflammatory based would show up in, if in I spite may, of that. It yeah. was actually literally insult to injury. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Nice. But um, <laughs> hey, these are the jokes, folks. Uh, I. I don't know about you, Lillian, but I had terrible IBS as a kid. I was constantly in such a stressful um, state of mind and and uh, I, I like my body was just flooded with stress that I didn't realize until I went to college and all of a sudden my symptoms just like got less and less and less until I really didn't have issues much anymore at all. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that I was suffering from that. I thought, I don't know. I thought I was just really unlucky. Isn't it, oh. a, isn't it amazing how you, if you can change, you know, uh, circumstances and situations, particularly because a lot of times you're conditioned into believing certain things because everyone around you is playing by that same narrative. You know, Ooh, it's, yeah, it's totally. almost like uh, all of a sudden uh, you're not uh, literally invisible anymore and people can see you because that's what happened to me when I went to college was certain things that uh, I was doing, like I was apparently uh, muttering to myself, like not like a crazy person, but like uh, when people would make fun of me, apparently I don't, me I don't remember this. I only remember someone calling me on it. I guess I used to like say things under my breath, maybe. Because no one would acknowledge me. Huh. And so I didn't mm -hmm. think anyone could hear me. And I remember <gasps> being, right? Okay. So I remember, and again, I don't remember doing this. I don't remember doing this. I remember in college, someone calling me out on it of me saying something and someone going, excuse me, did you say something? And me going, you can hear me? Like literally, can you can hear me? Because no one, no one around me paid any attention to me because I was such an outcast. Um, I also would look down so much oh all gosh. the time. And not look people in the eye and people in college were like, hey, how come you're not like looking up and why are you not looking me in the eye? Um, to me, to, for me to go, oh, I didn't realize that I was conditioned to do that because no one cared. But if I may say, found Holy a lot of money shit. on the ground. So looking down actually is very helpful. <laughs> Pick your win. I found $150 rolling on the boardwalk at the Jersey Shore. That's Holy shit. Because I was looking down and we bought Nintendo and it was awesome. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I never thought about this. I wonder if it has something to do with that. I, I, I don't like to think that I'm a look down person. However, um, I am the first person to spot dog poop on the side of the, on the street. And I will absolutely. Oh, thank cry. God. You've saved my shoes so many leap, times. I will leap into traffic to pull you out of the way, not of the traffic, but of the dog poop. <laughs> <laughs> I still looked like ahead a little bit. Like I like I still not that I look completely down, but I still look ahead a little bit. Like I've still found some money, not as much as that money that I found. Um, <laughs> but that's not because <laughs> uh, I like I like I like I like to joke that I have uh, found uh, about 
over $450 over about, you know, maybe almost $500 in cash and prizes. <laughs> uh, because I, I say prizes, listen, because I found three tickets to Chicago in the crosswalk of 44th oh Street. Oh, my God. <laughs> on my way to TKTS to buy three tickets to a show. Oh, my God. That's bananas. And the first thing I, That's amazing. Markers. The TKTS booth is this great opportunity in the middle of Times Square, which once you can see people, I hope you go to. But don't crowd there now. <laughs> no lines. <laughs> There's no lines right now. So, so I, I, mean, I, was with, I was actually with my same cousin that I told you guys about, funny enough. And I thought about it, and I just thought, they're going to go to waste. They are absolutely going to go to waste. I feel bad, so bad for this person who lost these tickets, but they can't reclaim them. They cannot prove that they own them. Because the records of the box office are not the same as the records of TKTS. And, and so I gave them to my parents because they had been helping me a lot with money and they've never been able to afford that show. Aww. And so I gave it to my parents and we were going with one of my best friends. And so she had never seen Chicago and she went and my cousin and I went and saw something else. Oh, oh God bless. So I hope, I hope <laughs> no one thinks that I'm a rat for like keeping them. But like I really tried to return them. Aww. But they was like, it's like, it's like finding cash pretty much. No, I think you did the highest sense of good in that situation, a thousand percent. Thank you. I do believe, you know, you pay it forward. Like it was meant yeah, to go that's, to someone else. I, I mean, I just wish your luck had been better and they hadn't been tickets to Chicago. <laughs> oh, <you don't- laughs> I love Chicago. Please, you don't understand. My entire like college experience was like camping out at that stage door. Oh. So also, also, my mother had to tell me that I got my period. I did not know. Oh. <gasps> Oh, honey. Uh, I went to the bathroom. I guess it didn't flush all the way. And then I get, Lauren! And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. She's like, you got your period. <laughs> um, but all the, honestly, all the women in my family have gotten it late. So no one, I guess, thought that was odd. Um, huh. My mother did. My grandmother did. Um, but I remember it was the finale of Cheers. Uh, so it was a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hang on. Dear listeners, this is the most Lauren story. (laughs) It feels to me like you're you're like, I remember the time I broke my wrist because it's the episode where Skippy got his head stuck in the railing on family time. (laughs) Yeah, probably that, you know, yeah. Uh, And also (laughs) that that next Monday, Murphy Brown got pregnant. Oh, my God. Oh, Lauren. That was a really Take- big thing for me because all of a sudden so- I could get pregnant and it was like, oh, if this like oh, rich shit. white lady, even though she's fictional, could get pregnant, maybe I could. Uh, and then wow. and then and so and then the whole Dan Quayle thing happened and I was like, this is ridiculous. There's no way that someone my age is going to look at her and go, yeah, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> oh, made me so mad. And then the first episode of Murphy Brown talked about blood tests, and they weren't talking about that in my sex ed class. About what? So I was like, uh, blood tests. So when you meet someone, you should have a blood test before you have sex. And I was like, oh, oh. okay. And I, like, file that in my brain. Whoa. So the show actually was very helpful to me as a 14-year-old girl, uh, un- uh, 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 unlike Dan Quayle. That Quail feels Fox. a little extreme. Uh, you got... <laughs> You, you've got syphilis, but at least we're not cousins. <laughs> Lauren, uh, would you kindly job. tell the people a little bit more about you and Murphy Brown? Okay, so I host a podcast on Murphy Brown. 
um, which apparently I've been studying for since I was 12. I was heavily yep. bullied, uh, like extremely bullied, uh, heavily dyslexic, um, didn't really have uh, maybe like a couple of like casual friends from like outside of school stuff, but not really any friends. Uh, and I loved this show that I found when I was 12. And you should know, listeners, that uh, if you don't know about Murphy Brown, it is not a show for 12 year olds. <laughs> uh, it is an adult show about an adult woman played by Candace Bergen. And, uh, you know, it's something that we discuss on my podcast a lot because uh, my co-host, Jesse, also uh, uh, was a young girl when she watched it. Uh, what about this show made young girls want to watch it? Uh, I, I don't really know. But looking back at it, I think that maybe, well, one, I thought it was funny. Two, I think I saw a woman who was strong and stood up for people and I was being heavily bullied. And I think that maybe subconsciously I saw that and was like, oh, I would like Murphy Brown to stick up for me. Or maybe one day I can be Murphy oh. Brown and stick up for oh. myself. That's great. Uh, but that's just a theory. I love it. Man, uh, I'm so – when I hear stories like that, I'm honestly so jealous because one of the reasons why I never – either super identified with any, any celebrities. And Lauren and I have talked about this before. Um, uh, don't, I don't get my hooks into almost anybody. And I did not, I watched plenty of TV, but for the longest time, like when I moved up to New York, I wasn't trying to be a TV or film actor. I was like, Oh, stage stage is where I can go because I've never seen someone who looks like me on mm. TV. Like I've never seen a 21 year old who looks sure. like me. That's not a punchline on TV. So, I mean, I feel super robbed that I never could look at somebody like Candace Bergen and think, oh, maybe that is part of who is someone like me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Fuck. Sorry, I'm having a little moment. Mm -hmm. Well, and I didn't grow up with a lot of girls who I would say were Jewish or looked heavily Jewish. Um, and so here was this very angular white woman. Mm. Uh, so I, I also kind of think that that might have been part of it, too. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I could see whereas, that. Like, whereas I also was a huge, huge fan of Bette Midler, who to me had very Jewish features and was, I thought, gotcha. gorgeous. So yeah. it was a real big contrast, I think, in my life, because those were sort of my two big heroes, whereas Candace Bergen totally. and, um, and Bette Midler. Um, but... I did not see Jewish women on TV except for the nanny. I don't know, you know, about mm. you, Jen. I know you're a little bit younger than us, but, like, that was something I didn't realize until I was an adult that realized, oh, like, Jewish women are usually also the punchline or the... Totally. Uh, the, cra the crazy... Or villain. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the or crazy the, ones. The, right. the one with the annoying voice mm -hmm. or the date that your mother makes you go on mm -hmm. until you end up marrying the shiksa. Yes, it's it's always it's always a joke. It's always a joke. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. because it's because it was written from the male perspective. Right. That's such garbage. I think all Jews are so hot. Same. <laughs> same. same. They okay. don't think I oh. am. Um, so, uh, Lillian, <clears throat> what was the story you wanted to tell? Sure. Uh, the 1918 pandemic, which apparently I mean, everybody calls it the Spanish flu, but it was H1N1 which we dealt with at the beginning of the Obama oh, administration. That was swine flu, um, wasn't it? Wait, huh? H1N1 was swine flu, wasn't it? Um, that is not something that I'm that I see on the CDC website that I'm looking at right now. 
Uh, I remember H1N1. I thought it was swine flu, but I could be wrong. um, At the bottom, it says influenza types, seasonal, avian, swine slash variant, pandemic, influenza in animals. So I do not know. That's interesting because that that flu was (laughs) bad. But then again, they had nothing for people. They had nothing. They had like bloodletting and have have a whiskey. Yeah. (laughs) Whiskey. Whiskey and leeches. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, the story that I heard, which is not on this site, is that they were like, oh, there's this flu. It's bad. And then they were like, we really like St. Patrick's Day. Let's do this parade. Boop, boop, doop. We did the parade. And then 47,000 fucking people died. Oh, shit. <laughs> wait, is that, wait, is that the one in Philadelphia? I believe so, yeah. Okay, because I heard that it was actually a war bonds parade. Oh, Maybe. Maybe, and then I just made that transference because the uh, the St. Patty's hadn't been canceled up here yet. Yeah, I heard Entirely that was possible. Why would you have a parade about war bonds? I guess there was not a lot going on. Well, not about it. I think it was to, to, to drum up people to buy war bonds. Mm. I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong. I wa- uh, Sunday morning did this great. You know, Mo Rocca is obsessed with, like, history and uh, presidents and things oh, like yeah. that. And I think he did it. Or maybe it was someone else, but it was on Sunday morning because there was something else that surprised me about it that, oh. That I'm sorry, wait, do you that, both watch CBS Sunday morning? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. You... I literally did not even know that show existed. Until Lillian. <gasps> okay, wait. I so it's such a part of my family to watch that show. It's like that and the Kennedy Center honors. We like watch as a family. Now- <laughs> Sunday morning is hosted by Jane Pauley now, but it used to be hosted by Charles Osgood. And I love him so much that I actually went to a SAG after talk back so that I could see him talk in person because I adore him so fucking much. And I have seen exactly two of those talkbacks, and the other one was uh, Patrick Stewart. So that's how much I like CBS I, I Sunday morning. I saw Patrick Stewart on the subway. That was fun. <laughs> oh, my God. He lives in <gasps> Brooklyn. Did you? I didn't want to buck. Was he wearing a mask? No, this, was, this was like a couple years ago. Save Patrick Stewart. Is it... Okay. Patrick <laughs> oh, Stewart, please, wherever you are, we need please you. don't go on the subway right now. We can't lose you. Mel Brooks and his son. Guys, this, you should watch this. I'll send it to you. Mel Brooks and his son did a PSA that's on yes. Twitter where Mel Brooks is behind a glass door and his son is like, I'm 47. I'll be fine. This guy's 97. He will not be fine. And if I, I could possibly get him sick and Carl Reiner mm-hmm. and Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> and kill off an entire legion of, of ancient comedians. <laughs> exactly and then he's like so don't go outside like once again please let's encase betty white in glass please and then and then he knocks in the window (laughs) can we put her in like cryogenic slumber (laughs) yeah listen did you see that edris alba Mm -hmm. he's got it yeah yeah not cool Uh, also he was apparently asymptomatic yep yep he and uh at least one basketball player have it and are asymptomatic so Wait, yeah. is that that I basketball mean, I don't player know. that, like, touched all the mics? Oh, my God. I have no idea. There was, there was some yeah, that would be awful, jazz. but come on. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. So what we're saying is, what we're saying is, this virus has a very acute sense of irony. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the twoof? Ew. See, also, Tom Hanks' is obnoxious, terrible rapper son. What? Like, so for, for those of you guys, so Tom Hanks was like, oh, me and his wife. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. His, his family has, has Corona and they're in Australia 
And so his his son was like doing all of these interviews and he's like, I mean, we used to call it a yo boy um, back in the day. Like he's a white boy rapper and so annoying and definitely not not uninterested in riding on his dad's coattails. So for the rest of America, who's like, God, I wish Tom Hanks could be my dad and I'm a nice person and I don't, I'm not gross and weird. No, this Chet, sure, Chet, of course, listen, it's Tom Hanks' fault if he named his child Chet. That's, that's the end of my story. <laughs> that's asking for it. <laughs> oh, that is very disappointing. And this has been... Your first little dose of quarantine vaccine, your little podcast vaccine while we are all trapped inside and um, and in need of more human connection and in need of more um, more stories that make us feel like uh, like we're all on the same team as well as a little bit of levity. Yeah. Yeah. You and know, Perel. and it's and. Did you say Purell? She did. I did. Party at, party at Lauren's house because nobody else has Purell. <laughs> party at Co- coconut oil. And uh, for, for you two and for those of you who are more hippy-dippy inclined among us, um, check out the essential oils that you might have uh, lingering at the, at the bottom of a cabinet or uh, the back of a drawer because uh, there are a number of essential oils that are antiviral, definitely mm. peppermint, definitely oregano and i know for sure five years ago y'all were hoarding oregano oil as a dietary supplement so if you keep if you have some around um that is antiviral thyme is antiviral lemon balm is antiviral although um chances are you'd have to be pretty damn hippy dippy to have a bottle of lemon balm but the more you know tea tree oil oh tea tree uh probably also very good Probably, probably antiviral. Give that one a Google. I'm pretty sure it is. Tea tree is like the, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Per the CDC, (laughs) whatever you use to sanitize your hands needs to be at least 60% alcohol. Okay. So Tito's Mm -hmm. or like regular stuff is 40% alcohol. Um, Everclear might still not be strong enough. So double check. Um, and make sure that your alcohol content that you're putting on your hands is at least 60% actual alcohol. You know what? Our, our fans are going to get tons of shares from us of late. Lauren, do you have a, do you have a feel good share? You could listen to my podcasts. Uh, I have uh, FYI, the Murphy Brown podcast, and we have had some amazing guests as well as talk about the show. We've had um, almost all the actors on and the writers, including the creator, but we've had Richard Schiff. And Joanna Gleason, uh, some really amazing character actors have also been on the show. You can watch Murphy Brown on DailyMotion.com and then listen to my podcast anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Didn't hear that from me. Because uh, unfortunately, Murphy Brown is not streaming, but there are other ways you can find it. Uh, we are Murphy Brown Pod <laughs> everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website. Uh, I am myself, Lauren Milberger, on the Twitter and the Instagram, one L and an E, M-I-L-B-E-R-G-E-R. Um, I also previously had a podcast on Harrison Ford. I'm going to guess a lot of us have seen Harrison Ford movies. Uh, <laughs> it was called The Forge Cast. Uh, 
We went through all of his movies as well as had some really great actors on. We had a tribute to Carrie Fisher. We had some people from Lucasfilms come, people from Marvel movies. It was really great. Uh, and that you can find uh, at, uh, you know, we, we just changed the website, unfortunately. Um, but you can find all that information on my website at laurenmillberger.com. Yay. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Oh, thank you. This has been such fun. We hope this has been a hug for your ears as well as for our listeners' ears. It has. (laughs) I I love listening to your podcast. You guys are so much fun. Thanks for giving all the fucks with us. Fond memories. Oh, my God. totally give all the fucks. (laughs) That's right. And it's... It's right, right in my uh, generational wheelhouse. So like, I've been going down a lot of like memory lanes, new kids on the block. Yes. Uh, 90s stuff. So in that vein, listeners, we hope that you hang tough. Hang tough, friends. Oh, no. Stay well and wash your hands. Wash those hands. Wash those hands. And stay the fuck inside. I'm Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bustle. (laughs) Thanks for giving all the fucks.